listener production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 20th of January. Hundreds of mourners have gathered in northern New South Wales overnight for a candlelit vigil for nine-year-old schoolgirl Charlize Mutton. Classmates and friends paying tribute to the much-loved nine-year-old at Tweed Heads Public School where she attended. Many remembering Charlize as funny, loving and kind. Charlize has touched many lives on on her journey throughout this world, especially within the school community where she was loved. Her bright smiling face and her beautiful nature shone as bright as her spirit is now. The man accused of Charlize's murder in the Blue Mountains west of Sydney will now stay behind bars after fronting court yesterday. The 31-year-old was charged on Tuesday night after police found a child's body in a barrel near the Colo River. Our reporter Michaela Savage has this report from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. The missing girl was last seen on Thursday last week before she was officially reported missing on Friday morning. The nine-year-old had been on holiday in the Blue Mountains with her mother. After an extensive five-day search, the body of a child was discovered in a barrel near the Colo River on Tuesday. The remains haven't been formally identified yet. Following inquiries, police arrested a Sydney man in Surrey Hills and charged him with murder. He's been refused bail and will face court again in March. Deputy Police Commissioner David Hudson says it's not clear yet how the girl died. We are very much um, in the early stages of this investigation. Things will unravel over the next week or so to find a cause of death, purpose of a death, and try and identify exactly what happened. Devastated locals in Coolangatta have placed flowers outside the girls' school. In other news this morning, experts are warning the worst is yet to come for the country's embattled healthcare system, with COVID hospitalisations and deaths expected to spike in the coming weeks. 64 people across the country died with COVID yesterday. Half of that number were in New South Wales. Paul Gilbert from the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation has told Channel 7 the situation is dire in hospitals across the country. We are going into a the next three weeks of a a crisis upon a crisis. If you test positive in a month's time, you may not get into a hospital, you may not get an ambulance. Meantime, state and territory governments have fast-tracked booster vaccines, slashing the time between the second and third jab in a bid to cut COVID-related hospitalisations and deaths. Those most at risk are over the age of 60, with health authorities urging people to get their boosters three months after their second vaccine rather than waiting for four. Here's Dr Norman Swan on Channel 10. With AstraZeneca and Omicron, there's almost no protection against infection and significantly reduced about half the protection against severe disease. So the very people who are most vulnerable got the vaccine which has got the least protection against severe disease. That's why we've got to amp it up. Meantime, a possible change to COVID isolation rules and back-to-school plans will be top of the agenda at today's National Cabinet meeting. Concerns are growing about a return to the classroom for both students and teachers with record-breaking COVID cases across the country. But clinical professor in paediatric infectious diseases, David Isaacs, says the risk remains low for children. Even with Omicron, the risk is not very high. The risk is much higher of catching COVID at home, in the household and from other contexts than within schools. 
The South Australian Premier is calling for the ACCC to investigate reports rapid antigen tests bound for his state are being taken by the eastern state governments. It comes as unions renew their calls for the testing kits to be free for workers as staff shortages and supply chain issues cripple businesses and the economy. Sally McManus from the ACTU says it's shameful that it's easier to catch COVID than find a rapid antigen test. The idea that you that, that people have got it and that are somehow okay if they're not in hospital isn't true. And that's why we're seeing a record number of people um, not at work. We've got such a huge problem with the supply chains. It just tells us the really basic thing that healthy economy needs healthy workers. And desperately needed financial support may finally be on the way for COVID-affected businesses in New South Wales, with the state government reportedly considering a scaled-back support package, which would include fortnightly payments for businesses experiencing hardship with strict rules and eligibility criteria. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to WA where another two COVID cases have been confirmed in Perth, sending emergency department hospital staff into isolation. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. That's right, Tash. The list of exposure sites continues to grow after a man in his 60s was infectious in the community. He tested positive while in the emergency department at Fiona Stanley Hospital for another issue, forcing 12 staff to go into quarantine. It comes as three out of four nurses in WA believe the health system isn't ready for our border to reopen on February 5. Nurses Federation President Mark Olson says with just over two weeks to go, staff are yet to receive clear testing protocols. I mean, I think we are about to participate in the greatest failure uh, of public policy in this state's history. And to Queensland, and despite a jump in COVID cases and deaths, the state is reopening its international borders. Vaccinated overseas travellers will enjoy quarantine-free entry into the state from this weekend. As Brisbane reporter Mel Blomley explains, it will provide a much-needed boost for the struggling tourism industry. Yes, Tash, it's a much-needed certainty for the state's tourism sector as Queensland struggles through the latest wave of the pandemic, crippling staff numbers in holiday hotspots. Tourism leaders, including the QTIC and Flight Centre, say it's the news they've been waiting more than a year to hear. It will take time for the usual $7 billion industry to fully recover, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. The boss of Queensland's biggest airport, Brisbane Domestic and International, says they are not expecting a return to pre-pandemic passenger levels until at least 2024. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, the ANZ released that concerning data a couple of days ago showing our economy was really struggling in January with uh, the COVID crisis. But now new data from Westpac says it's not all doom and gloom. That's right. Early in the week, we learned ANZ's check on our consumer confidence was the worst January number for 30 years, but Westpac's monthly number only fell 2% in January, and it's a lot lower than the worst fall of the pandemic, which came in early 2020 when consumer sentiment fell a huge 17.7% in a month. Let's hope Westpac's number is more on the money. Absolutely. And former Federal Labor Treasurer Wayne Swan has become chairman of one of the country's biggest super funds, as speculation suggests, Peter, that Labor could bring a 15% super levy on workers' pay. 
Yeah, well, pressed on the subject by the AFR about compulsory super being raised from 12% to 15%, Mr. Swan, the new chairman of the $70 billion CBUS Super Fund, said super's impact on decreasing pay for workers was debatable, but he would not add to speculation that Anthony Albanese would adopt a 15% super policy. Odds are he won't if he wants to win the next election, but undoubtedly the Morrison government will keep talking about the issue as the expected May election looms. It's all about the votes, Peter. And this is interesting. People are facing huge rising costs, especially with fruit and vegetables, and now costs are set to increase even further with this COVID levy. That's right. Logistics companies that store and transport products to businesses have been hit by rising costs from the equipment they use to the staff they employ because of the impact of working in a COVID world. And so prices for their work are set to rise substantially. Cube Holdings recently told us customers that a $28.50 levy was coming on the containers because of the COVID-related costs. Now, the only plus is that the competition watchdog, the ACCC, is watching out for excessive overcharging and collusion by these logistic companies. Peter, thank you. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. Brett, good morning. Naomi Osaka is just one win away from a fourth-round showdown with our Ash Barty at the Aussie Open. Yes, good morning, Tash. It's certainly looming, isn't it? Now, this would normally be the sort of billing that we'd want to see in the final. We've got uh, Naomi Osaka, who's won the tournament twice before. Ash Barty, of course, going or hoping to win it for uh, the first time. But looks like we'll see that in the fourth round. Both got some easy victories yesterday. Ash in straight sets over an Italian qualifier. Naomi last night over American Madison Brengel. Both have had a little bit of time off too, so they're feeling quite fresh. And Naomi's actually taking some inspiration from Nick Kyrgios. You couldn't get two personalities that are more <laughs> different from each other, but she's just loved um, you know, all the hype on John Kane Arena when Nick Kyrgios is on court. And of course, Kyrgios is back tonight. Won't be on his favourite court of John Kane Arena, though. He'll have to play on Rod Laver Arena because he faces... The second seed, Daniil Medvedev, won the US Open last year, runner-up at the uh, at the Aussie Open. So that's massive tonight on Rod Laver. Cannot wait. And there's been a COVID scare at the Aussie Open, Brett. Yes, uh, Frenchman Hugo Humbert was uh, knocked out in the second round yesterday and then was due to uh, fly home to France, but had a test and that came back positive. So he'll now have to stay for another week. But certainly when you've got a player testing positive, you have to wonder... Um, given that he would have been uh, throughout the player cafes and uh, you know change rooms, the gym, all that sort of stuff, whether there might be some more positive tests out there, but let's hope there's not. Yeah, absolutely. And records were shattered on the final day of the BBL's regular season. Yeah, certainly. If this is a sign of things to come in the finals, uh, then we're up for a, a thrilling final series in the BBL. We'll start with the Melbourne Stars last night. That was the final match of the regular season against the Hurricanes at the MCG. Stars out of finals contention, and so uh, the shackles were off for Glenn Maxwell. 154 not out of 64. That was a record. The Stars posting 273. That was also a BBL record and the third highest in any T20 ever. Now, the Renegades, not to be outdone, their leg spinner Cameron Boyce pulled off a double hat-trick, which is four wickets in four balls. Uh, They lost, though, to the Sydney Thunder by a run in the other match, uh, the Sixers locked up the second spot with a win over the Brisbane Heat. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
And how's this for an early Valentine's Day gift? The world's largest known cut diamond that originated from space is going up for auction. The black diamond called the Enigma is believed to have been formed when a meteorite hit the Earth up to 3.8 billion years ago. It's expected to sell for around $10 million after it was hidden by a collector for more than two decades. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you bright and early tomorrow. Listener.